But um, I think when we get caught up with everything in our life and we begin to lose our breath, we get winded, it always seems like we're chasing something. We got to get here. We're in a hurry to get there. This is next. That's next. And we got our we got our schedules out for the holidays. And your sisters want to know what you cooking, what you fixing. We got to have menus, and we take a breath. We have to take a breath because eventually we get to the point to where, man, everything's everywhere, and as as much. As much and as, as exciting as it was yesterday. And I'm just speaking on behalf of our family. Because our family went through the stint, okay? We had the separation time. We had the lonely time. We had the, the worry time. I know, worry's a sin, Pastor. I know, I sin just like you. But we, we had the worry time. We had, we had the doubting time. Uh-oh, pastor's doubting. I'm just like you. We had the doubting time. We had all of that time this year. And yesterday, even as exhausting as it was, it was still a breath of fresh air. Because we were able to sit back and look at what we went through and yet we're still together yet we still have a hold y'all all right if i just talk on a sunday but i, I we gonna talk about take a breath and sometimes i want to put things backwards maybe but the more and more I sit and think about this and the more I ponder on how exhausting life can be when we get so caught up in everything. Our attention gets drawn to here and to there. We just don't seem to have a break. And I, I truly believe that God spoke this to me this morning and just said, take a breath. Take a breath. And it, it come out of 2 Timothy 3.16 where it says that all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. All Scripture is given by the inspiration of God. Given by inspiration of God, those five words are literally one word. And it's theonoustos. It's one Greek word. There's two words in the Greek language. There's two words that make one word in most cases. Theo is God. Neustos is breathed. God breathed. The NIV literally translates that as all Scripture is God breathed. The God breathed, when you look at this, it says it's inspiration of God. To inspire means to breathe in. So as these men of God were writing Scripture, God was inspiring them. They were breathing in what God was breathing out. They breathed in. That means to inspire, breathe in, 
expire means literally to breathe out. So inspire is to breathe in. There was something that took place in these men as they were writing Scripture, as they were writing God's Word. When God would breathe out, they would breathe in. Could you imagine what they would, what they would sense or what they would feel or, or what they would experience at that moment? I mean, have you ever really been sitting and, and had God just breathe into you and inspire you of something? See, when, when God literally breathes into you, you change. You can't, you can't not change because God's breath is on you. And I, this morning, I'll talk to you a little bit. You can go to Ezekiel, Tommy. Go to Ezekiel 37. Let's, let's, go, let's go to Ezekiel first, and then we'll, we'll go around. Because this is talking about, this is, y'all remember all of what was going on. This was the time that everybody was in, or the, the Jews were in captivity in Babylon, and everybody was just in such a disarray in their life. This is when Ezekiel was called to be a prophet. How many of you know in the worst times in your life, those, that could be the time that God will call you out? It'd be in the worst time of your life that God will speak to you and calls you to be something that he's wanted you to be. And you can be in the worst place in your life, and God will still call you. He'll still talk to you. He'll still speak to you. And that's what's going on with, with Ezekiel here. And it says, The hand of the Lord came upon me, this is Ezekiel, and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley, and it was full of bones. I mean, I don't know about you, but when I picture a man being set in a valley full of bones, I'm going to really scratch my head and wonder if God really put me here or have I lost my mind. Then he calls me to pass by them all around, and behold... There were very many in the open valley, and indeed, there were very dry. You know, I, I took this, when I first began to read about this until today, I looked at this, and I always brought this to dry bones. I always brought it to dry bones, because that's what stuck out, and that's what's always been preached about here. It's been the dry bones. There's a twist on it this morning. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? So I answered, Oh Lord God, you know. Basically saying, I ain't sure. But you know. Whether I know or not, or whether they can or not, you know. Again he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, Surely I will cause breath. He's not, God did not go and attack and instantly address the dryness of the bones. He addressed the lifelessness of the bones. The other stuff is nothing. How many of you know you can have everything put together and have no life? Your finances can be good. Marriage can be good. Kids can be good. 
life good. But you don't have no life. There's a lot of dead people walking. Look at the churches. See, because when, even when God made man, I don't even know where I'm going now. When God made man in Genesis, he formed him, right? He formed him out of the clay. He created in the image. He said, let us go and create man in our image. He created him. That image was a reflection. God created him, but yet had everything. The man was good, but it took God's breath to give the man life. So we can walk around, man. We can have the form. The Bible calls it like this. The form of God, but lacking what? The power. Isn't that? Church is almost just like that. They have the form, but they deny the power. <laughs> I wonder how many of us walk around in our life. We, we've got the form. We dressed up this morning. We talked the good talk. We <laughs> I wonder how many of us struggle with that daily. Oh, we say we something. but we don't have the power to walk in. He says, surely I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall live. I will put sinews on you and bring flesh upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. Ezekiel comes back to the picture. He said, so I prophesied as I was commanded, and I prophesied. There was a noise, and suddenly a rattling. And the bones came together, bone to bone. Now, we're, now we begin to form. It was just bones. Now we're going to start seeing skeletons. Indeed, as I looked, the sinews and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them over. But there was no breath in them. Also, he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds. Now, when they talk about coming from the four winds, it's basically talking about the, the omnipresence of God. God's everywhere. So it wasn't specifically saying east winds, you have to come, and north. It, and there's meanings behind those as well. But the, in this relation, it, it's basically talking about the omnipresence of God. So what Ezekiel was doing was prophesying that the breath of God come. O oh, breath, and breathe on these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he, as he commanded, and breath came into them, and they lived, and they stood upon their feet, an exceedingly great army. I keep going back to that picture where Jesus is laying in that tomb in that video, and 
He's laying there still, and the next thing you know, you see him go. He took a breath. He was lifeless. He took a breath. I wonder how many of us have dead places in our life where God's saying, take a breath. I'll breathe into you, but you have to take a breath. God's constantly breathing. But are we constantly taking a breath? See, we, we like the Scripture when it's spoken, but do we take it? See, there's things in our life when, when, when we have issues and trouble, we, we can go to a psychiatrist and everybody, and they tell us how to fix this and how to fix that and what we should do in this and what we should do in that, but we don't do it, and then we still have that problem. And then we'll come back. That's why people don't make more than one or two trips to my office because they come back and I go, well, what did you do about the last conversation we had? Oh, well, I didn't. Okay. Go do that one and then come back. I ain't going back to him. He's always wanting me to do. You have to, you have to change. You have to take a breath. You have to take a breath. Tommy, you can go ahead and take them to Genesis 1-2. This word, this word breath in the Hebrew, it's the ruach of God. It's the ruach. It's breath. This is what ruach means. It means wind or a violent exhalation. A violent exhalation. It's the same word that spirit is found here. It's the same word that's translated spirit. It was and the ruach of God, the, the Spirit of God. It was the breath of God. It was the breath of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Brings on a different meaning now, doesn't it? When we're talking about, we, we've always looked at it, we always thought it was the Holy Spirit that was just down. Can I tell you that the Spirit is the breath of God? Jesus is God. See, we get into the Trinity, then everybody's head gets spun around because we still ain't figured out that it's just one. We, we still, if you say Father, Son, Holy Spirit, we automatically start categorizing. There's God, there's the Son, and there's the Holy Spirit. We, we automatically categorize that, but as soon as somebody says, well, Jesus is God, we go, but he's... But it was the Ruach... See, when, when God breathes into your life in the midst of your chaos, in the midst of everything else that's going around, God's breath causes structure. It was God's breath when He spoke. He, it was the Ruach of God that was over the face of the waters. And God spoke and said, let there be light. When He spoke, it was the breath of God that caused the world to begin to show itself. 
in the middle of chaos, he spoke. And his breath gives structure. It set the world up for success. It was God's breath. It wasn't man. We can't do this. It's only man. Or it's only God. It's not man. But it was his ruach that was there. Now, if we go into... Mm, let's see, how do I do this? Yeah, Greek. Hebrew is ruach. Greek is pneuma. Pneuma is air, like pneumatic tools. This will help you. A pneumatic tool. The only way that pneumatic tool takes, takes action is from the air, right? It's from the breath. It's pneuma. That's the Greek in the New Testament, which also is spirit. We find spirit in the New Testament more than anything else. But that pneuma is the spirit. It's the breath of God. Now let me tell you what that definition is. The pneuma is a current of air or a blast of breath. Do you remember when... You remember in Genesis, not Genesis, in John, John 20. Tommy, go to John 20. Um, 2022, maybe. Y'all cross your fingers. <laughs> yeah. And when he had said this, he breathed on them. Remember Jesus was talking to his disciples? This is when Jesus was about to go to the cross and everything was going to be done and all of this stuff took place, right? And Jesus walked to his apostles and this was basically the, uh, what word am I looking for? Um, when, they, when they're put into service. What word am I looking for? I'm looking for a fancy word and I can't find it. When they were indoctrinated, indoctrinated into their calling, Jesus blew on them. And he said, receive the Holy Spirit. Now, some, some will break that down and go, well, he was just preparing them for what was to come in Acts, right? Remember Acts chapter 1? I don't know if it's Acts 1 and 2. Tommy, you can go there if you want. Acts 1 and 2, when it's talking about the Holy Spirit, when, when they had gathered together, 120 in the upper room, until that day in which he was taken up after he, after he, through the Holy Spirit, had given commandments to the apostles when he had chosen them. Keep going. No, it's chapter 2. Maybe it's chapter 2, verse 1. 2-2. Two, two. Okay, 2-2. Two, two. Do Acts 2-2. Two, two. Well, this ain't easy for me either. Go to Acts 2-2. Two, 2-2. Two. Two, two, two. Two, two. You're close. We're, we're, we almost got there. Tommy. We was one two, but we need two two. There it goes. See? We even confused the computer. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven like a mighty wind. Isn't that kind of what we just read about the Ruach? A rushing wind, a mighty wind, a turbulent wind. It's not just not the ease, it was the, 
I mean, can you imagine how that must have sound? A mighty Russian wind filling that room. Can you imagine how fearful? But they received. They took a breath. You got to remember these these 120 was in the midst of everything that they had known for the past three years. It had been taken from them, and here they sat. Is this for real or is this not for real? Was this man truly the Son of God, or was he just another prophet? I mean, can you, can you imagine just for a minute? I mean, I know that I'm probably the only one that's human. I'd have been scratching my head on the way to the upper room. I'd have probably been thinking about an apple or something, wanting to eat. And, and here they sat. And then this mighty Russian wind. I wonder how many of them just went. They probably done that out of, out of fright. You ever been caught off guard? You take, you take that. Maybe that's what happened. I don't know. But it took the pneuma of God. Pastor, what are you saying? I'm, I'm telling you this. No matter where you set in life, no matter what you're facing right now in life, no matter how scattered your life looks like those bones, no matter how, how far they're scattered, I know things aren't together, I know they don't look like they're supposed to look, and you, you may be just totally caught off guard with what life has given you. But can I tell you that the very next breath, things can turn around. Come on, look, look at the look at the death and the burial of Christ. The next one breath, Father, unto you I commend my spirit. The next breath, why do you seek the living among the dead? One breath, it all turned around. One breath, it all turned around for all humanity. Adam laying in clay. And it was one breath. <sighs> and Adam lived. You remember in Exodus when they were crossing the Red Sea? Don't ask me for this one because I'm not sure. I know it's in Exodus. But when Moses, Moses, remember they began to sing the song? Oh. Come on, Don, help me. Y'all got to go there. It's Exodus something. It's Exodus something. I just don't know what. But Moses begins to sing the song, and they begin to sing it to God, and he begins to talk about how, how God breathed out of his nostrils. It was the breath of his nostrils that caused the sea to rise up on both sides, and, and it was like a wall that held the water back, he breathed out of his nostril. It was the, it was the ruach of God. It was the violent wind. Look at the strength. One what? 15-1. Tommy, look at there. Atta boy. 
That, that way, that's a way to keep your good graces in this family. Was it, was it closer to? What verse? There you go. Go to 10. Tommy, I'm going to keep you busy. It's just like a Wednesday night. You blew with your wind. The sea covered them. Up, back up. This was, this was when, <laughs> I said this when God sneezed. But hang on. We'll, it'll start at 8, and I'm going to take you to 10. Do that. And with the blast of your nostrils, see, y'all got to get it in my head for a minute. <laughs> and with the blast of your, you ever been walking around in, in the springtime or y'all, some of y'all love pollen. And then when that stuff starts to kick up, you kind of, you know, you kind of blow it out and it's kind of, huh? That's what God done here. That's what made the waters go back. He he made the waters go back. The flood stood upright like a heap. The depths congealed, basically talking about a wall, in the heart of the sea. The enemy said, I will pursue. Listen, this is what the enemy will say to you every time that God will open up a way out of your problem. I'll pursue you. I'll take over you. I'll divide you. My desire shall be satisfied. This is the enemy. Every time that God will part waters in your life, every time that God will give you a way out, here comes the enemy. Every time. I will draw my sword. My hand shall destroy them. He said, you blew with your wind. <laughs> you covered them. And they sank like lead in the mighty waters. This is where I said that God sneezed. I, I kind of picture it like, oh, I'm sorry. Whoops. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. He sneezed on them, covered them up. They sank like lead. This is God's breath. The one that will make way for you is the same one that will destroy the enemy after you. We've got to stop falling into the trap of what the enemy keeps bringing around. The same wind that gives you life is the same wind that will destroy the enemy. Hang on, I wasn't supposed to start this early. Let, let, let's talk about what, what God's breath brings. It, it brings you structure, it brings you strength, it brings you life. Structure, we, we've already talked about it. Genesis 1.22, we, we've already talked a little bit about that. But it will, it will bring you strength or it will bring you structure. It puts things together. It will put things in perspective. If you'll take a breath for a moment, if you'll breathe in the breath of God for a moment, it will put things in your life in perspective. It gives you structure. 
but pastor, it doesn't, I don't know if I'm supposed to do it. And pastor, it doesn't look like, and pastor, it doesn't. The Bible says that we're walking by faith, not by sight. So quit looking at what you see. Seek for what you don't. Because what you do see, you don't have to have faith for it no more. The Bible says you don't even have to hope for it anymore. If you already see it, what's the sense of hoping for it? It's already there. It's the things that we don't see is what we need to hope for. The earth was without form and void and darkness was over the face of the deep and the Spirit of God was hovering. The Ruach of God. How many of you would like to walk around knowing that the breath of God was over your life? I mean literally. Could you imagine what it would feel like if God was to breathe on your life? What would change? Think about it for a second. What would change in your life? If God was to lean down and breathe over your life, what would it change? See, and, and here again, this is why I wanted to explain what the Ruach was. It's a, it's a violent wind. It's, it's not the little, I mean, y'all, y'all want to sit, because you don't want to mess your hair up. You, you want to sit on the back patio and hope God goes. And God, the whole time's going to look. Would you quit worrying about yourself and take a breath? And him breathe on your life. Blow you out your lounge, your lounge chair. <laughs> well, it changed things, wouldn't it? If a, if, if a tornado dropped on your patio, <laughs> it would change your chairs be flying. See, some of us need that in our life. Some of us need God to violently blow in our life that he would begin to separate those things that cause chaos and bring structure. Sometimes I need God to breathe. Breathe hard, please. Because we all fight something. We're all dealing with something. It gives us strength. Exodus 15, 8 through 10. That's what that's talking about. It gives strength. Have you ever been, and this actually ties into, um, this actually ties into John twenty twenty. Or 220, whatever it was. 20. 20. Yeah, it was 2020, wasn't it? But this actually ties in. It's like having the second wind. Y'all know what I'm talking about, athletes? You know, the second wind? When, you, when you're running, some of us won't never get that. But it, it's, it's, it's when you're, when you're running, and, and they talk about getting the second wind in these long things. And what it actually does is it'll, it, this... This allows the runner to have peak performance with the least amount of exertion. This is second wind. The most, the peak performance with the least amount of exertion. You're able to do all that you can do without expiring all that you have. I need a second wind in my life. I need God to blow in my life a second wind. Some of us might be experiencing that 
in our life right now. Some of us might be hoping and praying for that win. Some of us are going out there with a fan trying to get the second win. But there's a second win coming. And Jesus blew that second wind on his disciples when he said, receive the Holy Spirit. He blew the second wind. See, oh, that was the second time that God breathed on humanity. The first time was when he brought us to life. The second was that we could continue in the Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit tends... Even though the Holy Spirit does bring healing and that type of thing too, the Holy Spirit was our comforter and our guide and our teacher. He brings strength to our inner man, our spirit man. He is the one that says, man, you can do it. Come on, get up. When everybody else around you is saying, well, if they was mine, I would... No, 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 no. They're not yours. <laughs> Shut up. Listen to the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit says, get up. Come on, you don't have to quit. This isn't who you were made to be. It doesn't matter what they say. What does God say? Because this was the inspired Word of God. It was the God-breathed Word what does God say about you? See, we, we've gotten so hung up, man. All, all you want to, you, you want the good, you want the good feel-good Sundays. You want the pastor to say, oh, trouble, you know, it's fine. It, no, it ain't fine sometimes. Sometimes it's not fine. Sometimes life is like hell, and it is, it's bombarding your home. It's bombarding your health. It's bombarding your mind. It's bombarding your finances. It's trying to take over and consume you. But there's something that God said about it. What did God say? Don't you know when God speaks, He breathes? What did He breathe over you? When he said, you're the head and not the tail, it takes his breath. You're above, not beneath. You're the lender, not the borrower. You're blessed coming in. You're blessed going out. You're blessed in the city. You're blessed in the country. It doesn't matter what's going on in your life. God has a word that contradicts everything that the enemy can put in front of you. But until you decide at that moment in your life that you're just going to stand still and take a breath, nothing changes. See, I don't know about you. I get tired of fighting. The same old stuff. Sometimes it gets obnoxious. That's why I've got to go back to this. Charlie, it doesn't matter what they say. It, it, what matters was... What did this say? See, I'm not as, a, as fanatical as I am. 
I'm, cra I'm crazy enough to believe that when he said it here, it was meant for me. Some of you call it arrogant, but there's times, there's a, I know there's a breakthrough coming in my life. I don't know about yours. I know it's in my life. It's coming. I know it's coming. It's coming in my life. Well, that's a little arrogant, Pastor. No. It's just I'm taking it personal. Jesus died for me. I mean, it sounds great that he died for the world. That's wonderful that he died for the world. But there's going to be a lot of people in the same world that he died for that will never see glory. Do you want to be caught up in the, oh, Jesus died for the world? Or do you want to be caught up in the, Jesus died for me? Because if he just died for you in the world, and I don't take a breath, do you know? They say that you can live without food for like 40 days or something, and you can live without water for like three or four days. They say about the fourth day without water, you start to get a little crazy. Maybe that's my problem. <laughs> but I drink a lot of water, so that can't be it. How long can you live without taking a breath? You ever tried it? See, we got to have, we, we have somebody to demonstrate this. I need to bring... Somebody up here just to hold their breath as long as you can until you pass out. I want you to hold. And when you think that you can't hold them more, tell me. I'm going to put my hand over your mouth and your hand and your nose, and I'm going to keep holding. I'm going to see how long you can. How long can we live without taking a breath? Man, the, the Christian people, the church, we're dehydrated. We're malnutrition. We don't have any oxygen. We're not breathing. What do they call it? Asphyxiation? Is that what we are? We're asphyxiated? Am I using the right words, Amanda? I can't use them big words like everybody. Don't ask me to spell it. But I think it is, it is even more important. But you know what? Wait a minute. No, I can't divide that. This is the manna. This is the water. And this is the breath. Your three required elements to live you got to get in the spirit now you, you got to think about this spiritually now because if you don't have jesus which i'm the bread of life if you don't have jesus you're not going to spend time with god when it comes time if you don't have the holy spirit you can't even be saved because he is the one that draws you unto salvation. So he has to be a part of your life as well. 
you got to stop thinking about the religious thing. Well, you tell me I can't go to heaven if I don't speak in tongues. I did not say that. It takes the Holy Spirit to draw men to God. And this is the breath. Because 2 Timothy said that every word, this word, all Scripture, all. It didn't say just Genesis and, De and Deuteronomy. It said all Scripture is the is, is God breathed. All scripture is God breathed. So this is the breath of life. What's it take for me to live spiritually? Not what your cousins say. Not what your aunts and uncles tell you. Not what your friends said it was. Not what the person on Google told you. Not some pastor over the internet. Not some preacher standing behind the pulpit. I wonder how many of us open this and breathe it in daily. I'm not talking peruse. Come on, because we all do that every once in a while. We're in a hurry, Christmas shopping. We go, i got to read the Bible today because if I don't read the Bible, the last pastor told me I was going to go to hell. If I don't, so I'm going to read it real quick. I'm gonna, okay, all right, great. That's awesome. And then off shopping. Well, I ain't talking about that. I'm talking about breathing it in. I'm talking about allowing the inspired Scripture, the God-breathed Word, to make such an influence on your life that you breathe it in. And you allow it to change your life. It takes you from death to life. I wonder how many of us do that on a daily, on a constant. Not just reading you about it. I told y'all before, I don't you do not impress me about how much scripture you know and can quote to me. That that probably turns me off more than it excites me. Because your memorization doesn't change your life. It's what you apply. Because we, look, we, okay, all of us have been here one time in our life. We've all been stupid. Somewhere in our life. Don't make me get in your kitchen and tell you where you got stupid. I'm just, we've all been there. We've all done something stupid. We knew that if we'd done it, there was a consequence, but we'd done it anyway. Same thing with the Bible. If the Bible tells us not to, we still do it, don't we? Right? We have to breathe this thing in. We have to take a breath. We have to allow what the Word says about us and to our circumstance to give us life. We have to take a breath. Breathe it in. And this has got to be better for you than some of the air that we breathe in outside. But we breathe that out there and we don't even give that second thought. Right? If you don't believe me, go to the paper mill. That smells beautiful. It smells like somebody just planted fresh roses. They in full bloom. They smell so good. Dave used to call it the smell of money. 
That's some stinking stuff, boy, if it's money. It gives you life. Job 33 says, The Spirit of God has made me, and the breath of the Almighty gives me life. We got to take a breath. Do me a favor. We're we're turning we're turning the corner. We're going to another year. And normally we get all these inspirational messages about going into another year. And and I'm not going to promise you that there's there's breakthrough and there's joy and there's laughter and there's peace and there's everything coming in 2022. I'm not going to tell you that. What I am going to tell you is this. If God be for me, who could be against me? Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. So no matter what you face in 2022, where do you stand? No matter, or let me rephrase that, no matter what the world faces in 2022, where do you stand? Are you willing to stand for Christ in 2022? Are you willing to just go through just like you done in 19, 20, 21? Take your son back to 2000, 2001, 2000. In 2000, man, you made a declaration because it was it was Y2K, buddy. The world was coming to an end. We got on our face. We fasted everything. Because we just knew God was coming. 12 o'clock January. We it was over. We read that guy's second book, you know, the one that's missed it like five times. And we keep feeding him by buying his book. I don't buy it, but I mean, quit quit wasting your money. The Bible says that no man know the day nor the hour. Quit, quit, just quit. You'll recognize the season, we're in it. prophet didn't even know it we in the season we are we in the season of God's return we're in the season now how long I don't know one day's like a thousand years to him it could be another thousand years (laughs) but we in the season we're in the season but no matter what we're going to face next year What are you going to face? Or how, better yet, how will you face it? Will you go against your brother and your sister? Will you go against your mother and your father? Will you go against church people? Will you go against... How will you face it? See, some of us need a breakthrough. And and I believe this. I'm just crazy enough to believe this. It's in the next breath. That's how close your breakthrough is. It's in the next breath. 
Because this will change anything in your life. Pastor, I've been, I've been reading that and everything, and you know that, you know, and, and I'll, I'll speak directly to, to passing of people because some people get hung up on the passing of that person. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't grieve because the Bible says that there is a time to grieve. There's a time to cry. But it also says there's a time to rejoice and a time to laugh and a time to dance and a time to harvest. We don't have to stay. Can I tell you that if, if, they, could, if they could call you on their phone, they would probably say, hey, do me a favor, live life. But some will get hung up on it. And, it, man, it bothers me a lot because I see people that set in depression for years upon years. There's nothing they can do. There's nothing they could have done. Can I, I'm going to help somebody. There is nothing that you could have ever done for that person that has passed. If there was, you would have done it. carrying the weight it's not meant for you to carry grieve then rejoice oh it's it's harder to rejoice when you know the person and you know what let me I'm gonna help somebody else out you don't know where they went you got people go, man, I feel so bad for that family because I just know they went to hell. How do you know? Oh, you, you were there? You, you, were, you were upstairs when God spoke? Oh, when God breathed one more time. You were there? You know where they went? Really? But pastor, they lived the life. I, shut up! Don't tell me where somebody went. You don't know. All you know is they took their last breath here. That is all you can guarantee me. And don't, you can challenge that one if you want. But I'm telling you, the grace of God is a lot broader and a lot deeper than you can ever wrap your mind around. You don't know what he done. I'll argue with pastors all the time. I don't care. They go, well, you know Judas, uh, he, he, he went to hell. How do you, how you know? Because he hung himself. How you, what? What? Where's the Bible tell me that you go go to hell? Nobody likes this challenging one. I'm going to give it to them. Because you have to show, show me where God said if you take your own life, you're going to hell. Show me that, and then we can talk about it.
We Listen, you don't know what's in the mind of a person. We fight spirit every day. Every day. And sometimes, friend, it gets overwhelming. And we do something stupid. And we choose to say, I can't do it anymore. We just don't know the last conversation. And I've got, I've got to believe this. I have to believe this. God's not going to let you go until you go. He chased you hard enough that his son died on the cross. He chases you every day of your life. Well, I found Jesus today. No, you didn't. <laughs> he said, I chose you. You didn't choose me. Jesus ain't never been lost. You've been lost. He found you. We have to be so conscious in everything that we do. Y'all probably going to call me fanatical in 2022. I've got to believe every word. I've got, I've got to believe every word. If he says that I am able, then I'm able. If he says, I am healed, then I am healed. We've got to stop fighting against it and start breathing it in. He wrote it for you. He wrote it for you. You can make it. You can do it. You will live. You will not die. But how many of us believe it? Man, I wonder what it's going to be like. I wonder what it's going to be like when we take the last breath here and the next breath there. Wonder what it wonder what it feels like not to experience death. Because really you just go to sleep. The Bible says that absent from the body is present with the Lord. You Jesus said it's not unto death. He's just sleeping. He's just sleeping. Wonder what it's gonna wonder what it's gonna be. See, any of you excited? I mean, look, if God ain't gonna get here before I die, I, what, what's it gonna be like when I do die? 
just to take the last breath. And all of everything that life has ever put on you will be left behind. And it was because of one man. When he took his breath again. Because if Jesus wouldn't have taken his breath again in the tomb, we wouldn't have all that we have. Christianity would just be another religion. That's what Christianity would be. Because all, everybody else died. Buddha, Confucius, Gandhi. They, they all died. Jesus died. And then he said... And that was the consummation of everything that he had ever spoken. Was when he took a breath. The Ruach of God. Man, I, I wonder. The Bible says the angels rolled away the stone. I wonder if they had wind to their back. I, I just have to. I got I just. God jumped in there and, and they went, Woo! Where are you at? Whatever your struggle, whatever your confusion, whatever your separation, whatever your illness, whatever your thoughts, if they're contrary to this word, my encouragement to you this morning is take a breath. Pastor, you don't know, take a breath, man. There, here comes your second wind. <sighs> here comes your second wind. You, you can, man, the apostles. God, what are we going to do now? When you, when you go, what are we going to He give them a second win to carry on. When they thought that they wasn't going to be able to continue without him, here come the second win. And they kept moving. Even when they were boiled in oil and heads cut off and drug and hung upside down and They were still able. Can you imagine what Stephen was going through? When he was stoned. Can you imagine? I mean, he, he died from hatred. People hated him. And yet, the Bible said that he looked up. I still... I see Jesus now, scooting to the edge of the seat, looking over, checking it out. Come on, Stephen. You, you can do it. And he was able to take it. You can take it. No matter what stones are thrown at you. 
No matter what life gives you, you can take it. But that comes along with take a breath. Breathe in what God is exhaling in your life and over your life. The next time you feel the wind blow by in a gust, I'm hoping you remember. Man, that could have been God breathed on me. What could change in your life? Anybody, it, does anybody need a change in their life? <laughs> Come on, look, we've gone through some crazy nonsense, right? We all could stand a change. Put that in your prayer. God, breathe on me. Things will change. And I believe they change instantly when God breathes. Because of all that it represents. We might dig a little deeper in that. Because I, I want to know more about the breath of God. Because it's in you. You accepted Christ. The breath of God is in you. Because Jesus said, this is what Jesus said, I came that you have life and have it more abundantly. God's breath is in you. You can live better than you're living. God's breath is in you. And I'm not, I'm not saying better material. I'm not... Scratch the garbage in 2022, okay? I want you to stop chasing things. I want you to start chasing kingdom. Because if you chase kingdom, he'll add to things. Might blow your mind. You quit worrying about the new house and the new job and a new raise and a new this and a new that and a new this. Get a new relationship with Christ. Chase that one for a moment. Is it going to be easy? Nope. You're going to have to take a breath. You're going to get tired along the way? Probably. Just take a breath. But I'm excited to see what's going to happen. I'm excited to see what's going to happen. God, God's not going to let his church be defeated. The Bible says that the gate upon this rock I'll build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. That doesn't mean I can't get into all the It means that hell can't overtake you. We think that we that we hold hell back. It literally means we take over. God's not, he's not after a weak bride. One that's got a wrinkle in her dress. Don't you walk down the aisle with a wrinkle. Because I turn you right around, Missy.
Take a breath, would you? I'm going to leave you alone. I'm going to leave you alone, but the next time you... Next time you're sitting down and you just wanting to relax, you'd, you'd probably do this too, I'm sure, especially right after tax season. <sighs> just remember that. Take a breath.